Well, good morning. Merry Christmas. It is so good to see all of you, and we're glad that you're here. I want to welcome all of you. I know you've been greeting one another, but I think it's a good thing for us to get up and make sure everybody's welcomed. Um, hug the introverts and, and introverts. I'm sorry, but it's just something we do. I'm an introvert too, so I understand. But let's get up and greet one another. We are glad you're here today. Hug all. How are you? I hear your mom's All right, you can be seated. It is really good to see all of you, and um, good to see so many folks home from Christmas and um, coming back, so it's glad to have everybody back together. I'll just remind you that next Sunday morning will also be at 9.30, it'll be a time of worship, um, and then we're going to go to the Lord's table and celebrate the end of the year as we bring in a new year, so I hope that you can come and be a part of that. You need to make sure that you have a candle. Does anyone not have a candle that needs a candle? Um, all right. 
If you don't, then somewhere as the songs start, you probably need to go over and find one. But, um, but make sure you have that at the end. We're glad you're here. Let me pray for us. And we are glad to hear that baby crying, remembering that Jesus came as a baby, right? And um, he, he took on human flesh. And so that is a great reminder for us. Uh, maybe not so much for the one trying to make him quit crying, but um, let's pray together. Would you join me? Father, thank you for today. We thank you for this season. We thank you for this reminder that you came and you took on human flesh. You identified with us so that we could be one with you. And we give you praise and we give you glory. I thank you for everyone that is here. Lord, I know that this is a season that is often difficult as many are facing our first Christmas without someone they love. We, we pray for them that you would comfort them in these days with the hope of the resurrection. I pray especially for, for Brenda Fields and for Blair and for Danielle and the loss of Scott and ask God that, that you would just be with the Fields family in these days as, as they are still um, dealing with the loss of of a father and now a, a brother. So God, would you just bless the family? And we lift up others in our church who are hurting and struggling. And we lift up, God, those who are celebrating new babies and marriages and, and all the things that are happening, jobs and promotions and graduations. We, we wanna weep with those who weep and rejoice with those who rejoice. And we wanna thank you that we can worship you today. And so Father, just bless this time as we come together in this busy season. Let us pause and remember why you came. Bless us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh. See what happens when you don't have a, bit, a bulletin? Um, this is the Christmas season. And um, we're supposed to have our Lottie Moon time of, of video. And let's remind you, this Lottie Moon video is named after a woman named Lottie Moon, who was a missionary in China, um, gave everything she had to get the gospel to the Chinese people, and um, wrote letters encouraging support. And, and they honored her by naming an offering after her. Our goal is $105,000. We are, do you know where we are, Sid? We're around 45,000 now. Um, we, we usually are right around where we are now when we meet that goal by the end of the year. So I wanna encourage you, would you just watch this video and be reminded of why we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering. Thanks. We were on the 10th day of war, and it was the beginning. Рішення прийняв чоловік відправити нас. Я їхала сама, вся родина залишилася вдома. Ми в безпеці, так. І, звичайно, перші слова чоловіку, що ми в безпеці вже все. Ми на місці, ми в Польщі, нас добре прийняли. Poland brought in the most refugees out of any country. And through that, the Lord opened the door for us to open a refugee center. People stay in the house anywhere from two days to long term. We have one lady that's been there almost since it opened and is there currently. Так, цей дім взагалі для мене став як другий дім, тому що ми майже рік тут. Холі Крістін нас зустріла, ну, тобто реально так, я знову відчула, що я в безпеці. І мені необхідно було бути і серед людей, тому що, ну, також важкі часи, якось, ну, переживатися все разом було мені легше. Like to hear what you think about having someone like Holly in the house. 
Це наша друга мама, можна сказати. Ми почали біблію в центрі. And one of the ladies one night was sharing with me that her family was against her um, studying religion or knowing anything about it. And she didn't know which one was true. And she said, so I just prayed and asked God if he would show me which one is true, which one should I believe, what can I believe? But then the war happened and I came here. And she's like, and then I realized that, that God led me here and he led me to you. And so she's like, and now I get to study the Bible and now I can learn. Those are the days that you leave super encouraged about what the Lord is doing. So those are good days. Worship this morning, our heart the herald angels sing, O come all you faithful and let's worship and adore him. Let's stand and joyfully join our voices. Heart the herald angels sings.
Good morning. Let me scoot down. We've got more kids, so we got to all, all got to fit up here. Not not any more than last year, but they get a little bit, a little bit taller, a little bit taller, not much taller, but a little bit taller each year. Uh, well, it's our, our joy to uh, read the Advent uh, reading this morning. Over the last four Sundays, we have lit the candles which represent the hope of the coming Messiah, the faith that remained constant through the years of waiting, the joy experienced by the shepherds at the appearance of the angels announcing the birth of Jesus, and the peace that is ours through the love of God and the incarnation of Jesus Christ. Today, the Advent season ends. We wait no longer. The great event for which we have waited has happened. God's promise of a Redeemer is fulfilled. Christ Jesus is born. We light the Christ candle with praise to our God who brings joy to the world. Isaiah 9, 2-7 The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff of his shoulder, the rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the tramping warrior in the battle tumult and every garment rolled in blood will be burned as fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace there will be no end. On the throne of David and over the kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Luke 2, 1 through 20. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Cornelius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field keeping watch over their flocks at night. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord, and this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloth and lying in a manger. 
And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to the God in the highest, and on earth peace among those who whom he's pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, <coughs> the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them. But Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen as it had been told to them. Will you pray with me? Father God, we stop and we just praise you. And we give glory as the angels did, and we give praise as the shepherds did. Uh, we give gifts as the magi, the wise men did. And we glorify and honor, and we thank you this morning. We rejoice in the gift of your son. And we pray, we celebrate your lowly coming as a baby in Bethlehem, even as we wait for your glorious appearance on the clouds of heaven. We give thanks for your redeeming work, which assures us of victory, for the power of your spirit that enables us to say no to sin and yes to righteousness, and for your love, which forgives us when we fail. Help us to live today and always as your sons and daughters. In Jesus' name. Amen. Stand again as we sing, What Child Is This?
If you have your Bibles, I invite you to turn to the very first chapter of the Bible, the book of Genesis. They seem like an odd place to be, but really, from Genesis to Revelation, the story is about the coming king, the king who came, and the king who's coming back again. But there's an interesting text in Genesis on the creation story that I want to read to you. It's in the fourth day. If you'll notice, and if you have your Bibles, and it just opens with those incredible words, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. And it begins a series of creation days. Day one, verse three, he said, let there be light, and there was light. Verse six, we find day two, there was an expanse in the midst of the waters, and he separated the waters from the waters. And day three, God let the waters under the heavens be gathered together in one place and dry land appeared. And then day four, and this is the verse I want us to read. If you have your Bibles, if you're able, I just invite you to stand and honor the reading of God's word. Genesis chapter one, starting with verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night. And let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years. And let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning, the fourth day. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you. You can be seated. We found in the book of Colossians, which you've been studying, is that Jesus is the creator. That the one that we celebrate today began Never. He never began. He's eternal. He came to the earth and took on human flesh, yes, but that was not his beginning. What we find in Colossians and other places is that the one who was speaking the world into being, as I see here in Genesis, was Jesus, God the Son. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit make up what we call the Trinity. And and you just think of it, the sun, the moon, the stars, put in place with a word from Jesus. Not only were the stars put in place, scientists tell us that the stars, the light takes millions of light years to get to this place on earth. And so not only were the stars put in place, but their light and the beam that came all the way to the earth where they were visible was immediately visible. God, God just spoke it and set it into place. The stars were used, and it's interesting, he said, for signs and for seasons. Sailors used them to navigate. I, um, I'd be hard-pressed to find anywhere without a GPS and trying to especially try to navigate by the stars. I don't maybe you could do it, but, but, but I, I'd be a hard, have a hard time finding it. I love to look at them. 
I love to watch them. I, I, I love to, to see them, but I can never figure out which one is which. I, I finally have learned which one is Venus and, and which one is this and that, the planets. But, but I, I got an app on my phone and, and um, you can point it up in the sky and it tells you what the planet is. It tells you what the constellations are. It tells you what the stars are. I love it. I, I know my neighbors probably if they look out the window think I'm crazy. I'm standing out in the middle of the yard with my app up in the air and I'm not looking for a signal. I'm trying to see what the star is. But the stars were used for signs. They were used for seasons. It's interesting that, that, that God says there for signs and seasons. What's interesting is if you go all the way back over to the book of Matthew, we, we read the, the creation or the birth story out of Luke. But in Matthew, we find, we depends on your translation, the magi or the wise men, they come to Herod. They come finding, trying to find Jesus. And they said in verse 2, where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw a star when it rose, and we've come to worship him. Jesus put the stars in place for, for signs and for seasons. And the Magi saw the star, and they came. They saw the sign of the star, and they came looking for Jesus. The psalmist said, the heavens declare the glory of God. The skies proclaim the glory of his hand. Day after day, they pour forth speech. Night after night, they display knowledge. There's no speech or language where their voice is not heard. Creation itself points us to the fact that there's someone beyond us. There's something beyond us. David was able to see beyond the stars, able to see beyond the sun, able to see beyond space to the one who set them into place. You know that for years, man and scientists and the church thought that, that the world revolved around us, that the earth was the center and everything revolved. And when Copernicus questioned that, he was, he was lamb-blasted we now know that our earth rotates around the sun, but let's be honest, we still somehow think that the world revolves around us, don't we? When you think of the way God designed our universe, when you think of the way he set it into place, it really points the way that we're to live our lives. In John chapter 8, Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We know that Jesus is the light of the world. And if we stick with the analogy of our galaxy, we could say that the S-O-N is represented by the S-U-N. That everything revolves around God. That everything comes around him and everything is not only around him, but illuminated by him. We find our meaning in life. We find our purpose in Jesus and in Jesus alone. But, but in the Sermon on the Mount, the light of the world says something astonishing. He, he said in, in chapter 5, he, he made an amazing statement. He said, you are the light of the world. So Jesus, the light of the world... 
turns and looks at his disciples and he says, you're the light of the world. Our light is nothing more than a reflection. We're not the source of the light. We were in darkness. We didn't know the light. But the light came to us and the light comes inside of us and and we now reflect that light. You remember what Paul said in 2 Corinthians 4, 6. For God who said, let light shine out of darkness has shone in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. The light is not naturally ours. Naturally, we're like the rest of the world. We, we love our darkness. We prefer darkness over light as the world does, but, but we who are born again have, have been supernaturally encountered. The light of the world is shown, and we've seen him. The light of the world came to us, and, and through faith he now lives inside of us. We, we're a picture of what Paul says in Philippians when, when he says that we're children of God without fault and a crooked and depraved generation. And this is what he says, in which you shine like stars in the universe as you hold out the word of life. We're to shine, we're to reflect, we're, we're to show the light. You think about it in terms of the season. Tomorrow we celebrate what some have called the first of the five evangelical feast days. The five, there's Christmas, there's Good Friday, there's Easter, there's Ascension, and there's Pentecost. We remember that Jesus came. We remember that Jesus died. That's why we have a cross here. The manger points us to the cross, but we remember that while he died, he rose again. And we remember that he ascended to be with the Father and sent his spirit at Pentecost so that we could walk in him. We celebrate this Advent season. We we light the, the five candles. Now, I've been reminded by the, the new Episcopal priest who used to come to First Baptist. I won't mention her name, but we started Advent too early, she told me. And I said, how do you know you're not wrong? She said, oh, we're not wrong. You started it too early. But we did light each of the candles. We lit the prophet's candle, reminding us that Jesus was foretold. We lit the Bethlehem candle, reminding us that they told us, the prophets themselves told us where Jesus the king would be born. We lit the shepherd's candle and the angel's candle, reminding us that that God came in his glory to tell us about the birth. And then in this morning, we lit the Christ candle. Reminds us that Jesus came and that he came to us. And he brought his glory even in the midst of darkness. We, we do something a little different. We'll leave the Christ candle burning all year. I just thought about that a couple of years ago and, and thought it would be a great reminder for us that, that Jesus has come. And, and every Sunday as you come and, and you see the Christ candle in, in, in the front, whether it's in the sanctuary or in this room, it's lit to remind us that, that Jesus has come. That we're not alone. 
that he came and that candle burns in our service week after week to remind us of his coming, but, but also to, to remind us of his second coming. But then we'll gather again on Good Friday and we'll celebrate the death of Christ and, and on that day we'll blow out that Christ candle. We'll remember that he died and he gave his life. But then on Sunday morning, Easter, we'll come back and celebrate his resurrection and the candle will be burning again. We'll remember that he is risen. He is risen. Amen. It's Christmas, but we can still say that. As a Christian, Jesus says, you're the light of the world. I don't have to convince you that we live in dark times, sad times, hard times. But Jesus says to the church, you're the light of the world. How can we be the light of the world? Well, that's the wrong question. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. So I don't have to become it. He says, I already am. So how can we, as the light of the world, shine in such a way that causes other people to see the glory of Christ? That's the question. I think maybe the answer is found on that fourth day of creation. God created, he said, the two lights, the greater light and the lesser light, the sun and the moon. One for the day and one for the night. Spiritually, we live in a time of perpetual night. We live in a time of spiritual darkness. But the church is a light for the night. We reflect the light of Christ. We reflect the light of God. And we're to reflect him like the moon reflects the sun. We don't generate our own light. The moon has no light on its own. It's, it reflects light. And when the church does what God has called us to do, when, when, we, when we abide in him and we reflect him fully, if you want to use it from the analogy of the full moon, when we reflect him as we should, revival often comes to the earth. But there are other times, let's be honest, the church is not a full moon, it's a quarter moon. Sometimes half, sometimes three-quarter, sometimes less. Sometimes we let self get in such the way that the world seems to experience what we might call a lunar eclipse, where we get in the way and we don't reflect him at all. Does the lack of reflection on the moon's part indicate the sun's not shining just as brightly as it always has? No, not at all. The sun's always the same. But our position and our posture sometimes causes our reflection to be less than it should. That leads us to the rest of the verse in Matthew, where Jesus says in Matthew 5, 14, you are the light of the world. Then he says this, a city on a hill cannot be hidden, nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others 
so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who's in heaven. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. It's interesting to fly at night. Have you, have you ever flown at night and sat by the window and just looked out at the, the darkness all around the earth and then every so often you come across a city? I think the most prominent time I, I've ever noticed was flying from Africa and, and, and we were coming up around northern Africa and going into and, and coming toward London or, 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 or one of the cities there that we would land in and um, Amsterdam, I think. And looking down, there's just darkness all around. And then all of a sudden you see a light and then a few more lights and then a bunch of lights. And then all of a sudden you'd come across a city and it would just be bright. Jesus said, a city on a hill. An individual doesn't make up a city. A city is made up of a large group of people. We, we are called out of darkness into his light as the body of Christ. We are brought into the body of Christ as the church. We illustrate that we, that we are the light of the world this morning as we light our candles. We'll, we'll see in just a moment in the dark room and, and, and then the light will begin to increase and, and it'll continue. And, 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 and I'll never forget that when I first got saved, I, I had my, my light. It, it came. I, I came to know Christ. Somebody introduced me to him. To be quite honest with you, I, um, I heard about Jesus my whole life. I had a godly mother and father and godly grandparents who shared Christ with me. I was just thinking yesterday about the people at First Baptist Church in Ocean Springs who, who taught me the gospel and the people at First Baptist Church in Boaz who taught me the gospel and my RA leaders and my Sunday school teachers and training union teachers, you remember them? And, but it took a while for that light to come and, and finally it did come and, 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 and Christ began to shine. It's interesting if all the, and we're not going to turn the lights out yet, but if all the lights were out, I would have some light, but it wouldn't be as bright as it could be. But what's interesting is when I take my light and I put it into the flame of Christ's light, you see how it, it shines brighter? How it glows even more? You and I are, are united with Christ. We're going to study that more in, in the book of Colossians. We're one in him. He came to earth and took on human flesh that we, he might be united to us. But now through his spirit, we get to be united to him. And so I could shine this light by myself and, and it would have some light, like flying over in an airplane, looking down and seeing maybe one light. I could share it with my family. I remember the days of the DeWall standing up there with my young kids and, 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 and I could share it with them and we'd shine a little brighter. But it's nothing like a city. It's nothing like everyone coming together to shine in this world. Nothing shines so brightly as the people of God joining together as a reflection of his glory and living as citizens of his kingdom. Jesus said, let your light shine before other men 
that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father who's in heaven. I read a story of a church in Jerusalem almost 40 years, a little under 40 years after the crucifixion. The city of Jerusalem and the temple and all was destroyed. Just as Jesus said it would be. They built the city back several years later and and they built a church on top of what they thought was the empty tomb of Christ. The story says that in that tomb under the church, they kept a candle burning at all times to signify that the light of the world was still alive. And every time the church came together to worship, they would bring the, the candle up from the tomb. And that'd be a great advantage of being in Jerusalem, wouldn't it? Up from the tomb into the worship facility. And they would do it in such a way that they were announcing that the redeemed are here to celebrate the resurrection of Christ. This morning we lit the Christ candle. And this morning we also light out or act out our calling by, by sharing the light with one another. What we do symbolically here is done out there in the world as we share our light one person at a time. I wonder if, if we could go ahead, Matt, and, and let's lower the lights. And I want you to notice as, that as the lights go down, there's darkness, but not darkness without light. The Christ candle and the prophet candles and all the candles of the Advent are still alive, burning. And those, you could maybe look at the lights on the trees representing the stars that still point us to the Creator. But, but as we come to Him this morning, we reflect His light. We remember that we were in darkness at one time. And we remember that He came and brought His light to us. But we must also remember that the world is still in darkness. That's why we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering at this time. It's why we do what we do because there's still darkness in the world and they need to see the light of Christ. That's our calling. Our calling is to have the light lit, but then to share that light with others. A calling is not just to have a light on our own, but to share with others what Christ has done for us. And then as that light shines, it begins to spread. And so I just want to ask you, if you would, to begin to share your light with those around you. Ronnie's going to come and lead us, and we're going to sing Silent Night together. So let's share this light and let's watch as the light comes up and continues. Watch as it shares and spreads. And what began as one light continues to sharing to all.
Look around you. I love this sight to see all of us as we have that little glow. We don't always have that glow, do we? But I want to encourage you to let the light of Christ shine through you. I, I do want to say this. You're not born with that light. You must be born again. The reason Jesus came is that we were in darkness. And he came to die on the cross to pay for our sins. And he rose from the dead in victory over sin. And he gives us eternal life. And what we must do is believe in him. We must believe that what he did was for us and trust in what he did and not in what we do. And when we trust in Christ and ask him to forgive us of our sins and to come into our life, we begin to follow him because the spirit comes inside of us. Then the light begins to shine. And the more we walk in the spirit, the brighter the light will shine. Amen? Let me pray for us. And then somewhere after I say amen, the lights will come back on and we can dismiss. But pray with me. Father, thank you for this season. Thank you for this time when we can sing and remember how you came to us. I pray for each person that's here. I pray for your blessings on them in this Christmas season. I pray that you would bless us and keep us and cause your face to shine upon us. That you would lift up your countenance toward us and give us peace. We pray this in the name of Jesus. And everyone said, amen. You are welcome to keep the candle, okay? That means we'll buy new ones next year. We need to do that anyway. So you can keep it as a reminder of how you should shine. Just be careful not let the wax get on you. The chairs stay right where they are. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Merry Christmas.